It's not just another Saturday night. It's a whole new year of comedy. We're kicking off 2023 one-on-one with Montreal's notorious Sugar Sammy, the international headliner who went from hometown hero to selling out theaters all over the globe. He's a festival favorite, a network TV mainstay, and one of Canada's most successful stand-ups. It's a full hour of pure, unfiltered Sugar Sammy. I'm Dean Young, and we're about to go Inside the Joke. Welcome to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to an all-new Inside Jokes, baby, right here on 640 Toronto. And of course, as always, streaming coast-to-coast, Canada-wide, North America-wide, planet Earth-wide, wherever there's the internets on Global News Online. And as always, brought to you by our lovely friends at Hakeem Optical, helping you see the future more clearly. We're sorry in advance. We got our producer, Vince Tedesco, on the line with us. How are you doing tonight, buddy? I'm good, buddy. Happy New Year. First show. Happy New Year. This is it. This is our first new show of 2023, kicking off a whole new year of comedy. Bright new silver linings, we hope. But Vince, what better way than to kick things off really with a whole shebang? We have one of Canada's biggest comics, really just an international all over the planet journeyman of comedy, quite frankly. Montreal's own Sugar Sammy is with us for a full hour today. I can't believe it. He's, uh, yeah, he's on a tour right now. He'll be in Toronto end of the month, but what a way to kick off with Sugar Sammy, yeah. He's pounding the pavement. He's doing the old school Ron James thing, baby, right? You know, coast to coast, all over Canada, pounding the pavement. But I mean, listen, this guy's on every festival. He's dropping specials. He's out on tour. He's a host in Fr- a TV host in France, for God's sakes. He's basically Francis Simon Cowell. We're going to ask him about that. He's a busy guy, but he's yeah. right now back home in Canada doing dates all over the place. Right now, he is in beautiful, tropical Winnipeg, Manitoba. So that's wonderful for him, I'm sure. But he's coming here to Toronto, by the way. He's got some dates coming up right here back in the 6th. We're going to ask him about that. Lots to get into. It's a full hour, pure, nonstop Sugar Sammy. It's been a minute, as the kids say, Vince. It is. Let's get to it. Let's do it, baby. 2023 starts right here, right now on Inside Jokes. Welcome back to an all-new Inside Jokes, baby! Kicking off 2023 with Canada's one and only Sugar Sammy. He's back home. He's touring across the country. And tonight's episode, of course, is brought to you, as always, by Hakeem Optical. Because the earth is getting hotter, and so are your selfies. Sugar Sammy, it's good to talk to you again, man. You are talking before the show. Last time we caught up with you was literally an entire pandemic ago. It was simpler times. We were in a studio talking into radio mics. Imagine such a thing. Now everything's on Zoom now. I mean, I know you're you're always a busy guy. You're constantly spinning multiple plates. I mean, I guess that's showbiz. That's how you do. But you are here back home touring across Canada. I love the title of this tour, by the way. You're going to rear two. As in, boost poor rear. My French is horrible. But here's the thing. I mean, we all know that you're, you know, you're a Montrealer at heart. That's your hometown. You're a Montreal guy. That's where you cut your teeth. How much of a tip of the hat is this tour to that, of course, world famous festival where I'm sure you came up in as well? Yeah. Well, that title is for the uh, Quebec version of the show, which is a bilingual version. So I'm doing it all over Quebec in both languages, both official languages. But the Canadian tour uh, is a whole different show. It's just going to be in English. Uh, still very uh, hard hitting, still uh, very uh, uh, cunning and uh, not uh, and not politically correct, which is fun. It's fun to not worry about being canceled because um, I don't work here. 
Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing too. I mean, you, I mean, you live in Paris. You're on, obviously, you know, you're on European television. You're a host. Yeah. Of, you're basically France's version of Simon Cowell right now. Right. But I mean, you've been living and working overseas for years now. You're literally an international headliner. I mean, you work all over the place doing a tour like this. It's, I mean, it's kind of an old school thing because as you know, when you came up in Canadian comedy, I mean, yes, you came up in the Montreal comedy scene, but the thing you always had to do in Canada is get out and pound the pavement. It's all about long stretches of kilometers. It's all about doing sort of the Ron James thing and being a road dog. So this is kind of an old school thing in a way. I mean, you probably, I'm pretty sure you'd be fine if you didn't put this tour on your gig sheet. Right. But how close to the chest is it for you? Is this sort of just like all about coming home for you? Is it just sort of a throwback in a way? Yeah, I mean, I don't want my Canadian audience to forget about me either. Even yeah. though I'm touring Europe, I'm touring Quebec, I'm touring the U.S., I still love Canada. I mean, I've been, you know, I, this is where I started. I started touring Canada in, in 2004 from coast to coast, uh, headlining the comedy clubs. And now, you know, it's grown to theaters, but but it's, uh, it's something I still want to do. And I still want to see my Canadian audiences who've grown with me, you know, so a lot of these... Uh, these uh, people who've been who are coming, my fans that are coming out uh, to these shows have been people who've been coming out for 15, 20 years yeah. to see me and now have grown with me. You know, they, and it's fun. It's funny. My comedy's grown with them as well. So it's, it's fun to, to see them again. And I think I do it every I do it every couple of years. I mean, before COVID, it'd be every 18 months to two years. There'd be a Canadian tour. I mean, all the major cities, you know. Uh, I'd love to try to do the rest as well, but it's just, you know, it's it's tough to, to get to some of the places. But I'd love to – one of my big goals eventually is to do a big Canadian tour where we're able to do, like, every city, not just the majors. Like, being able to, like, visit all yeah, these audience town. members. Yeah, like, all these, like, little villages like Regina yeah. uh, and uh, Saskatchewan <laughs> and uh, Saskatoon. <laughs> You got a CFL team. <laughs> You'll basically be the uh, comedy Wayne Ronstadt, is what yeah. you can be. Yeah, small village. This week we're in Charlotte, Saskatchewan, where a lady yeah. knits scarves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like uh, Toronto's fun, but to go visit little small towns like Mississauga would be fun too. You know, to put on to this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, so uh, this is off the 905. Yeah, Mississauga. It's part of Toronto, depending <laughs> what mood we're in. That's pretty. Yeah. It is funny, too, though, because, I mean, as you know, like, you know, when you do strike out into all these different cities across Canada, there's always sort of this, like, appreciativeness. Like, people will come up to you after the show and be like, thank you for being here. Thank you for spending your time in this place. But for you, when you go back home to Montreal, I mean, I've seen it happen. I've been there at JFL where you're doing these outdoor shows, and it's like all of a sudden there's 4,000 people, 5,000 people just flocking into the street. Sugar Sammy's home. I mean, that must be... Even after all these years, when you go home and it's such a big swoop in of audience and it's such a roll out the red carpet, it's such a homecoming every time. Is that still sort of humbling for you in a way after all these years? Because it really is amazing. That city is really, that city loves you. That is your it's, town. Yeah, it's very special. I mean, it's very special to come back home. Uh, I think, you know, Montrealers see me as a family member. Like it's, uh, uh, you know, one of their own who went and, you know, conquered the world and comes back and has a special show that I build for them, just for them. Like it's the show that you see in Montreal is a show you'll, you won't see anywhere else. It's a bilingual show. It's a cultural yeah. show that's built for that city. And so I think it's fun for me too, to be able to have that material exist just in that context and, you know, have it resonate in a way where people are like, okay, this guy knows us real well. Cause people will try to do local material when they go into new town, a new town, a new city. 
but I mean, it's always, it's never right on target. Like you have to actually live yeah. there. And that's, that's what I did in France. When I built my show for Paris, for France, I actually lived there for a year and a half and built the show as a local, almost like it's a roast of France from a Canadian, but I had to live there and really like observe them. And, you know, yeah. I, I always say it's part anthropology, part market research and part espionage, you know? So you really have to be like, <laughs> you really have to be, uh, uh, a very observant and um, for, for Canada it's amazing because what I love about Canadian audiences is they're so culturally savvy you can actually show them some of your international material and they all get it and they're all able to to to, to know exactly what you're talking about because uh, Canadians are just so um, you know I think open to all kinds of different cultures all kinds of different edu- levels of education you know yeah, well, and it's funny how you say too that you like immersed yourself in Paris before you actually were able to start talking about it. Because one thing that a lot of comics I think forget a lot of the time is just how smart audiences actually are. And one thing audiences can pick up on immediately is when you are being disingenuous. Like if you're yeah. doing material that's not actually from the chest and it feels fake, they smell that out. You know, I uh, was going to jump in there with something. Well, I'm just asking, like you said, espionage. Like at times, do you feel like a double agent? working in Paris, but you actually like, you know, it's, it's the two equilibriums of the, of the language, but yeah. How, how much do you pick up and bring back or how much do you kind of take and say, you know, I could use this elsewhere in my, you know, weapon. Well, I mean, a lot of it, you'd have to adapt. I mean, I think more than a double agent, I feel more like, uh, uh, you know, someone who's just coming in to invade a new country, you know, so coming in and, and attacking, like just building up my arsenal, against them using all of their data and all of their information and then just building an arsenal of jokes to, to really roast them, you know? So I feel that's, that's more uh, where I, you know, the angle I'm coming from. And I, I, I feel like being a Canadian really uh, served me well in that respect. I feel like Canadian comics are so adaptable. I've seen this time and time again. Comics from Canada are able to connect with audiences in the UK and the same the same comic will be able to connect with audiences in the US and they'll able they'll be able to go to any country and be able to build uh, enough of a show or adapt enough of a show to to connect with those audiences and I haven't seen that with Americans I haven't seen that with Brits I haven't seen that with anybody where Canadians and Australians are the only two that I've seen that with where they're able to to, to do that yeah. For you, I mean, it's interesting because, I mean, you're literally all over the planet, but even when, like you say, when you bring this tour back home, the tour that you're doing for the majority of English Canada, that show is a completely different animal in a lot of ways than what you're bringing home to Montreal and what you're bringing home to Quebec. And it is funny, like, just how much do the nuances of language change everything? Because we talk to a lot of Montreal comics about the fact that it is very much, it's a town, it's a bilingual town. You perform in French, you perform in English, and you kind of pivot between the two. How much does that change the flavor of what you're doing, though? Because there's very specific things in both of those. That'd be I always liken it to, like, if Game of Thrones aired on Tele Latino, Hodor's name would have been Soft in La Puerta, and all of a sudden that character doesn't make sense anymore. <laughs> and he would have been yelling at his at Yeah, his he would have been rocking around yelling Soft in La Puerta. Carolina, peraqui! Like, it would have been, like, that kind of dialogue. But, yeah, I... Uh, <laughs> I, um, um, well, a lot of the adaptation, I would say, isn't just linguistic, it's cultural. So it's a cultural yeah. adaptation. So even my English speaking show in Canada won't be the same as the one in the UK. It'll be a completely different show. Uh, so a lot of it is cultural adaptation. Language is just a tool that serves that. So my French show in Quebec is completely different than my French show in France. 
Uh, and yeah, my Montreal show is bilingual, but it's also, I talk about Quebec politics. I'll talk about the Quebec star system. I'll talk about Quebec television. Whereas in Canada, the Canadian we don't tours, have those things. <laughs> yeah. And, and it'll be hard to connect, you know, with a Canadian audience that way. But I think the interesting angle is, and I think this is where I think my show differ, differs from a lot of other Canadian comics, is because I'm from Quebec and I'm from Montreal and I have this sort of uh, upbringing that's, that's uh, not only multicultural, but multilingual. And I've absorbed all of uh, Quebec's, you know, uh, politics and sociology. I'm able to connect in a different way. And I'm seen as an outsider in the rest of Canada as well. And that's, I think, what served me really well is being an outsider everywhere. So when I'm in Canada, I'm that guy from Quebec. When I'm in Quebec, I'm that Anglophone guy from the English part of, of Montreal who's doing this roast of Quebec. When I'm in France, I'm that Canadian coming in and roasting France. Same thing in America. So I think that's always the angle that I like keeping. And I always, it served me well to be the outsider. And I, I don't think um, I'd want to do it any other way. And I think as a comic, it's given me an interesting point of view, you know. There we go. What better way to segue to break than that? We're going to be back with more Sugar Sammy. He belongs everywhere and nowhere all at once. There we go. We're going to back with more one-on-one with the one and only Sugar Sammy right here on Inside the Host. Hey everyone, this is Sugar Sammy and you're listening to Inside Jokes. Don't miss me on my Canadian tour. Go to SugarSammy.com. Welcome back to Inside Jokes, baby! Kicking off a whole new year of comedy with Canada's one and only world-famous globetrotting Sugar Sammy. Brought to you, of course... As always, by our lovely friends at Hakeem Optical, the best frame jobs since Roger Rabbit. How about that? I love these promos for Hakeem that five people listening will understand. And Hakeem will remember six months from now that they do, in fact, sponsor this radio show. (laughs) Sugar Sammy is with us. On tour all across Canada. He, of course, is coming home to Montreal and going home to Quebec. But he is doing a cross-Canada tour, including some dates right here in the six. Uh, we were talking before the break, though, Sammy, about, you know, that sort of crossover in language. I mean, when you do this tour and bring it home to Montreal, it is very much specifically built for that audience, for that bilingual audience and for your hometown. It's a it's a different show than, you know, we're going to see here in Toronto and we're going to see across English Canada. What sort of stuff are you tackling on this tour, by the way, though? Because a lot of comics, I mean, obviously you've you've been a busy guy. You're on you're a network TV host. You're constantly touring. You're constantly recording. You're constantly gigging. But a lot of comics, we're seeing this sort of thing happen right now where after the last couple of years, there's a lot of new specials coming out. There's a lot of new tours coming out. There's a lot of new albums coming out because it's sort of like comics have been like eight miling around for the last two years, just drumming up this new hour of material. Yeah. What sort of stuff are you tackling on this tour? Well, I mean, a lot of it is, you know, uh, the life that I lead now. So, you know, really being able to uh, compare and contrast Canada you know, where I'm touring right now versus the States versus France, Uh, you know, talking about my upbringing, talking about also my transition from being a poor comic to being a rich comic (laughs) (laughs) and like talking about keeping, you know, still like that's good educational content for a lot of upcoming comics. It's going to be amazing. And keeping one foot in in each world still, you know, like (laughs) still, still hanging out with my friends from back in the day, from the ghetto that I grew up with and, and, you know, just uh, 
just talking about how uh, none of them can hold a job still. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm the one who kept the hope alive for the neighborhood. And then, and then there's, um, and then, you know, just, I feel like that. And then, you know, talking about also my, my, my relationship, you know, I've been, uh, I used to talk about being single and now I've been in a relationship for nine years. So that's a completely different thing, Yeah. you know? So I think that, you know, being where I am now, like being, going from a comic, you know, uh, in his twenties to a comic in his forties, you know, where, how life changes you and how you start sounding like your parents eventually slowly. Yeah. You know? It's kind of funny too, because I mean, you know, you talk about being in a relationship for the, for that long now, it does give you sort of that sense of stability. It gives you sort of a work-life balance in a way. So you have like that stable person to go home to. It's kind of, it must be a weird balance though, because as you know, as a comic, whether you're starting out or whether you're at the level you're at now, where it's like, you're literally touring all over the planet. Comedy is a weird, it's a lifestyle gig. It is a constant 24 seven lifestyle gig. You're on the road, you're working nights, you're working weekends, you're flying all over the place. Is it tough to sort of balance those things? Like to be able to step off stage and just be real life, regular Sammy and be at home and be able to sort of unzip that suit a little bit and just decompress and get out of comedy mind. Is that even possible? Does that ever happen? Well, the great thing is, uh, and I'm so lucky, I actually have a perfect comedian's wife. My, my lady and I, we work together. So it's perfect. She's on the road with me. So all those videos that you see online, she films everything. She edits them. She puts them on, you know, she puts them everywhere. And she's the first person I test material on. She's the first one who's like, yeah, go for this. She'll give me the honest truth on what's working, what's not. She'll take notes during the show if there's something new that I've like thrown out there. So she's just like that perfect lady, man. I, I'm so happy. I'm like, I have that perfect life where I have like an amazing woman who's also tax deductible, you know? So I feel like that. <laughs> yeah, she's like, here you That's perfect though. She's your partner in crime. I mean, it's part of the whole, it's like yeah, how it's Russell, wonderful. it's like how Russell has Clayton Peters. Yeah, right, I mean, right, 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 right. <laughs> it's a different relationship. It's a different relationship. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but I mean, that is perfect in a way, because I mean, yeah, it's like you're you're sort of enjoying this adventure together because it yeah. is it is so much hardwired into who you are. It is it is it's 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 an eating, breathing, sleeping lifestyle gig, you know? Yeah, it's amazing. You know, I mean, it cuts down on groupie sex, but the rest is <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> the, the rest is unbelievable. No, it's amazing. I got to say, uh, you know, it's been uh, it's been fun and I think it makes it it makes it way easier as well to have, you know, that person with you on the road and be able to bounce off of them. And, you know, I think it's, uh, I've seen other comics who are able to, to, to have that, uh, to be so lucky to have that lifestyle. That's great. By the way, one thing I wanted to, I mean, yes, we all well know that, you know, Montreal is your hometown and that's where you came up and that's where you cut your teeth. Every comic has their, their comedy hometown, whether it's your literal hometown or just where you started standup. For you, though, I mean, after this many years having left Canada and you're performing all over the planet, you live where you live now. Is there a comedy club that still to you is sort of closest to the chest, like the one place where you just always feel at home, riffing off the crowd, dropping new material? Is there that one stage that's just like, this is my spot? This is my club. Okay, well, I got to say, my brother now produces uh, all these shows in Montreal. Uh, He's like become this amazing top shelf producer where he has like seven nights a week. He'll do three shows a night and they're all packed. He's like running this 
this town crazy like in terms yeah. of uh in terms of uh montreal like anglophone stand-up english stand-up and i'm lucky like i get to jump on his nights uh quite a bit to test new material out and i gotta say his audiences are amazing if you get a chance check out straight out of montreal on facebook or on instagram he has these killer shows <laughs> and they're always full and i'm always able to jump on bring on my papers try new material and it's loads of fun Wow. Which I love, by the way, because it's, yeah, straight out of Montreal. And, and you know, talking to the producers there who are basically running the scene the entire year. Because for the rest of Canada, we always think of Montreal and we go, oh, yeah, just for laughs. And then that's it. We pay attention for like two and a half weeks every year and then we're and then we're gone and then that's it. But then one thing that people forget about is this actual pulse of comedy, the actual stand-up scene that's happening the rest of the year in Montreal and the independent producers that really make that city what it is in comedy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think after Toronto, I would say Montreal's, you know, the second biggest in terms of having all these clubs and one nighters for stand up comedy. I would say Toronto, you know, by far is number one, but I, you know, I've visited Vancouver, I visited Winnipeg, I visited Calgary and nobody has scenes like Montreal and, and Toronto, like where you can literally jump on stage and you have three or four different options every night, you know? So uh, yeah. I think we're very fortunate to have those two cities uh, where we can really uh, go up there and work on our, our material. And it's all stage time, right? So the more hours you put in, the more hours you're on stage, the faster you learn, the faster you get better. And I remember back in the day, 20 years ago, you know, 30 years ago, when I first started, you'd be doing open mics once every six weeks because there were only yeah. two clubs and you wouldn't get better that fast, you know? And now I could see, you know, all these comics in Toronto and Montreal getting better at a way quicker rate because they're just, you know, it's not the years, it's the amount of time you put in because you can be doing it for 30 years, but if you're on stage once every two months, that you're not going to progress. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter. But if you're on stage every night, two, three times a, uh, a night, you know, you could see a comic getting better in a year. And I've seen that progress with uh, my brother's nights. I see comedians within a year or two progressing to levels that, you know, we couldn't dream of progressing uh, 20, yeah. 30 years ago. The elephant in the room, by the way. I mean, now, you know, you're on network television in France. You're on the air in Europe. You're... The, the the war that always has got like Parisian French versus Montreal French because francophones in Europe people in France thumb their noses at Quebecois French I mean to mm -hmm. them it's crass it's crude it's it's redneck French that's what they always say for you like how much did that play into what you did when you went there how much of a transition was that when did you show up with your accent and they went it's kind of like how Australia is basically hillbilly England all right <laughs> Well, I mean, for me, my French is like middle of the road French. It's kind of like middle of the road North American English. So uh, I think uh, it was a good bridge between Quebec and France. But look, there are ups and downs to everything. Uh, French from France sounds way better and way more. The vocabulary is way more uh, refined and developed. Um, but Quebec is more familiar. And, you know, Quebecers also have this North American thing when they'll write you an email, it's straightforward. They'll get to the point with a French email. It's almost like a thesis. And then when you get it, you're like, you have to reply in the same fashion. And if you don't, they get offended. Like when I get an email from France, I have to block a day to like read it <laughs> and then reply to it and make sure I don't make any spelling or grammar mistakes. It's like culturally, 
very they're very sensitive about that. You make one mistake when you speak, and it's like a, it's a big deal, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's very strict. They're very strict. They're like uh, soup Nazis, but with vocabulary. <laughs> <laughs> no more euro for you. And I like it. So. <laughs> Do you find do you feel more comfortable one way or the other? I mean, pivoting back and forth constantly between French and English, I'm sure it's just a seamless transition, obviously for you at this point because you're constantly doing both. But is there one that's sort of, in a way, more natural for you that you just feel more comfortable in at this point? Because obviously, a massive part of your base here at home and across the U.S., of course, is English speakers. But I mean, now you're on television in France, so you're constantly working in French and touring in French as well. What yeah. comes sort of more comfortable for you i just adapt it's it's uh you know it depends on where you are so if i spend like six months in france then i'll start thinking in french and i'll start having you know uh the french vocabulary from france and then when i come back home to montreal i'll be speaking in both languages you know within a sentence which is what we do and then i'll you know i'll be touring canada and it'll be 100 in english and then i'll go to america and you know it'll be uh, it'll be it'll be it'll be you know the Canadian roasting America, but I'll still be thinking in in English and you know thinking in American terms. So I think it's like that adaptation that we all have. And as Canadians, I think it's one of those things. Like the same with you know you guys, you know Dean and Vince. If you guys went to any country as Canadians, you wouldn't just come in and start imposing your culture. You'd start listening. You'd start yeah. observing. You start taking your time to like say, okay, how do I adapt? How do I stay myself but still adapt and not ruffle too many feathers yet, and then slowly sort of make my way in, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm 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 a slow adapter. It took me 15 years of Toronto radio to not sound like I'm from Fargo anymore because I'm from Thunder Bay. So that's you know, this would have been a very different show in 2008 when I first <laughs> came here. That's for sure. Uh, but look at me now, full sentences. You look yeah. normal. <laughs> hey, my little boy's all grown up. Well, you're uh, you're pretty much you're listening to inside jokes there, so keep it going. You know that's <laughs> there would not have been seven seasons. We would not have had Sugar Sammy on here. That's for sure. All right, we're gonna come back with more. Find out more about what this tour is all about, and uh, I want to pick your brain on this television show as well. We're gonna come back more. Kicking off 2023 one on one with Canada's notorious Sugar Sammy right here on Inside Jokes. This is Sugar Sammy, and you're listening to Inside Jokes. Don't miss me on my Canadian tour. Go to SugarSammy.com. Welcome back to Inside Jokes, 
baby! Kicking off 2023 with a bang with the one and only Sugar Sammy. Brought to you as always by Hakeem Optical. Makers of fine, fine eyewear. Or at least that's what this script right here says. We have Sugar Sammy on the air with us right now. My promos get progressively worse as the show goes on. You know the drill, regular listeners. Yeah. This, is the only show, this is the only show where I can see the sponsors suing the show. Like, just because. <laughs> the only time they remember that they sponsor it is when they get angry. That's about right. it. Eyewear and comedy. What could go wrong? Yeah. Eyewear uh, and comedy. That's helping you see the punchline coming right at you. Uh, but, of course, Sugar Sammy is back home. <laughs> All over Canada. Uh, there's a there's a very specific show hitting his hometown in Montreal, and of course shows in Quebec, and then of course the rest of English Canada, where we don't have a star system, gets our own tour with the one and only Sugar Sammy. But it is funny. One thing I wanted to ask you about, and I mean, we did talk to you about this a little bit last time you were on the show, but that was quite a while ago. That was pre-Pandy. I'm calling it the Pandy now because let's make that more fun. Uh, but it was, you know, back in the bygone days of sitting down in an actual radio studio with other human beings. Imagine that. Uh, but we we're talking this show that you host in France, in Paris. You're basically Europe's Simon Cowell. I mean, Simon Cowell is also from Europe, but you're basically France's <laughs> Simon Cowell. Well, one thing I'm curious about, though, is how ruthless do you actually get? Because I feel like it could go two ways. Because it, in on one hand... You're a comedian, so I mean, you could verbally decimate these contestants if you wanted to. But is there a part of you that also feels empathy in a way because you remember what it was like coming up and being a struggling performer and having to bomb in front of people? Yeah. How how much how much of the devil's advocate are you here? How bad do you get with it? Well, it depends. If if I see an inkling of talent, then I'm I'm going to be nice. But if I if I see just delusion, then then obviously I go to town. The fighting. <laughs> so so it depends on what it is you know a lot of times you'll get uh you'll get uh, that delusional person will show up who you know thinks they have something there but but uh absolutely not and like none of their friends or family have warned them if they have any you know and you, you start questioning if they have any um so so i think there's uh, there's that but i mean that makes the show entertaining as well uh but it also i think makes it so that people come to the show prepared because yeah. they know if they don't, uh, it's not going to go over well. And um, <laughs> and uh, the great thing is, I get you know, you, obviously you see a bunch of duds, but you do get throughout all of this to get you get to discover those hidden gems, man, that have just been working at it for decades, and no one's had the chance to see them. They've gone unnoticed, and you're able to like be part of their journey and like give them a kickstart for them to have a career and to do this and nothing else. That to me is the reward at the end of all that. Now, Sam, um, this is obviously America, France's version of America's Got Talent, but what's the proper name? Can you say it for me? La France a un incroyable talent. Right. Okay. Now, I understood the word talent and uh, France. Incroyable. Is it the same setup? So is there four judges and do you have a golden buzzer? Yeah, it's exactly the same format. So it's like, you know, this uh, the Got Talent format is the biggest format in the world started in the UK. And then mm. almost every country has its format. And France yeah. has a huge one. And we have a huge uh, fan base there, like 4.2 million people a week watch this show uh, every week. And it's it's huge. And it's a, it's, a, it's a family show. So people watch it together as a family and just kind of yell at the TV screen. Yeah, have, is, there, is there a little bit of... <laughs> What? Oh, no, sorry, if, you ever, if you ever given the golden buzzer, 
Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Every season, you know, you have, you have one that you, you need to give out. And for me, it's uh, you know, you always find that gem where you're like, sometimes we'll fight for, one. you know, this is the first season, the season that just passed where all four judges were, uh, uh, were in agreement for all of the golden buzzers that we had a great season. This was our best season uh, so far in terms of quality on the, on the top end, you know, do you ever have like, be, do you ever have like flashbacks of what it was like starting out, you know, 25 years ago, 30 years ago as an open micer and eating and then you, you watch somebody on that stage and you see the light go out of their eyes and you could watch them in slow motion bombing. Is there ever like a little bit of schadenfreude, Sammy, that where you're just like, yes, finally, <laughs> finally, it goes full circle. Yeah, I don't know if I get any satisfaction out of that. You know, like, it's more, it's more like, it's more like it's okay. You, know, you can tell us only twelve people listen to this. Yeah. No, I think what happens is I do it sort of. It's almost like against stronger than me. It's against my will. Like if someone really eats it, and and you know, obviously, is also delusional. In my head, it starts off with, "Oh God, I got to do this now." Okay, like, and then I go. It's I, I've even warned contestants. I, I've told them. I said, "Look, you've watched the show." Yeah. So remember. You wanted this. And then I just go. <laughs> it is funny, though, because, I mean, I mean, I'm sure you've seen that a billion times over the years at Mike's as well. Like that. Yeah. That so when people are completely oblivious to the fact that, like, you shouldn't be doing what you're doing right now. But it is sort of a fascinating train wreck sometimes. But some of the things people come up with. I remember an open mic in Honolulu one time where a guy came up on stage and he ate a bunch of Twinkies and then gagged them onto his <laughs> Yeah. That's that show maybe good. the best prop comedy I've ever seen, but that's what he did. And I'm like, what goes through people's minds, you know? But I mean, Golden buzzer. Be... Golden buzzer. Golden buzzer. <laughs> there must be something extra, I mean, bombing on television, though, in front of a studio audience and in front of cameras and in front of judges. That's got to be a special kind of hurt right there. Well, look, I think bombing is, is fine as long as it's well-constructed and, it, like, the attempt was there, you know. there's, a and there's guy something who, to learn, right? Yeah. Like, There are people who show up with disciplines that shouldn't be art. Like, this guy showed up with, like, he was just a scissor twirler. And, I mean, obviously, I had to... Oh, I had scissors? To, I had, yeah, he was just rolling scissors. And he's like, great, hey, I'm going to show you the thumb. Okay, now I'm going to show you my index. And no music, no nothing. There was nothing constructed. There was no real number. There's no beginning or end to it, and that's it. And that cracks. You laugh now. You laugh now, Sammy. But you just wait till he's fidget spinning at Carnegie Hall. All right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We're gonna come back and wrap it up, kicking off 2023 with Canada's notorious one and only Sugar Sammy. We will be right back, right here on Inside Jokes. Hey everyone, this is Sugar Sammy and you're listening to Inside Jokes. Don't miss me on my Canadian tour. Go to SugarSammy.com. Welcome back to Inside Jokes, baby, right here on 640 Toronto. And of course, streaming all over the universe, wherever there's Tay Internets on Global News Online. Brought to you, as always, by Hakeem Optical. 2023 might be awful, but at least your vision is 2020. I know it's a little early to say that tagline, by the way, but the way things have gone the last few years, I'm just going to assume it's more shit. That's, that's... Hoop du jour. 
as you are we're de- sugar sammy we are done with positive messaging on this show after three seasons of this that's it i'm just gonna yeah. assume 2023 he, is going to be more extended garbage fire yeah you know who's done hakeem optical optical is gonna be optical is gonna be Probably. done with you guys <laughs> right once they finally listen to this show after seven seasons they're gonna go really look out lens crafters we're coming that's what those checks have been- yeah that's right brought to you by dave knight optical <laughs> For our, for our listeners in Rochester, brought to you by Dave Knight Optical. But yeah, you of course you're coming out, you're coming home, you're striking out across Canada on this tour. You got some dates here in Toronto. How much of it, like how how different is it for you coming home, coming back to Toronto, by the way, versus when you go home to Montreal? Because as I said earlier in the show, I mean, I've I've seen it happen where you go home to Montreal and it's like the unofficial mayor of Montreal is home. Like right. <laughs> Montreal, it is insane. Like people flocked. When you're there during just for laughs, it's like people flock to the streets. Like you have that hometown crowd just absolutely wrapped around your finger. And it's wonderful to see because, I mean, not let's face it, there's Canadian comedy. There's not a lot of co- Canadian comics that sort of make it to that level of adoration and household name. And, right. you know, right here at home. Do you get sort of a similar thing coming to Toronto? Like, is there that excitement for you coming to Toronto versus, you know, other dates across this tour? I mean, I know you're in Winnipeg right now, so don't brag about yeah. that. Um, I mean, look, it's a pleasure touring all over Canada. With Toronto, I think what's special is there's that rivalry between Montreal and Toronto. And there's also that rivalry between Montreal and Toronto comics that yeah, kind of exists. You know, like there's that there's that thing, you know. So um, I think I, every time I come to Toronto, I'm definitely excited to be there. But I definitely have to prove uh, that my, you know, that I belong where I belong in terms of my spot in Canadian comedy. So I feel like I always have that pressure of having to, you know, make sure that I deliver when I'm there, which is a good thing too. I feel like I, I thrive on things like that. You know, that pressure of, Hey, you got to make sure that you kill it in Toronto because you know uh, you also want the industry and Toronto comics to feel like, okay, that guy's, that guy belongs in our group. You know, he's, he's, he's with yeah. us. So you, 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 you definitely have that. Yeah. You bring your aid game. So it's like the, the Habs coming to play the Leafs at the, Maple Leaf Garden. They don't bring their anger. What is it? Whatever it's called. <laughs> I mean, I know we're based in Toronto, and this is our this is our comedy hometown. This is where this radio show is based on. But one thing I do want to remind the Toronto comics out there of is when you do stand up in Montreal, people pay you money to do that. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. Yeah. In Toronto, it's eight million shows of here's some exposure and a beer ticket. That's oh, what. Jeez. <laughs> Now, Sammy, when you tour the U.S., how much more fun is it, like, from, obviously, your stand-up is hilarious, but your crowd work is fucking phenomenal. Well, and it's exciting, too, because anybody could have a gun. You never know. Yeah, Yeah. but, like, that's the thing. Is it more scary? Not scary, but is it more, are you on your toes more in a U.S. club than a Canadian club? Because you know all our dirty secrets, but who knows what you're getting in in Atlanta, Georgia, or San Francisco, or San Jose Improv. I think the fun part about uh, the U.S. is, you know, being a completely different breed than the comics there. You know, like uh, as a Canadian, you you definitely stand out. And I think that's fun for audiences. It's fun for me. I think there are not a lot of people who are really good at crowd work uh, in, in America. I think in Canada, we were brought up with it. I mean, a lot of headliners, you know, uh, moonlight as hosts when they're not uh, when they're not headlining in Canada. That's how I came up as well. 
And we were able to develop that muscle really quickly. And Brits yeah. are good at that too. And I think in America, I think it really, you know, makes me uh, stand out. And I think the audiences see that difference pretty, pretty, pretty well. And I love, love playing America because I also love being that Canadian who comes in and roasts Americans. Whereas, you know, a lot of times their stereotype of Canadians are the friendly Canadians who are going to say that we're great. And it's great to be here and how much fun it is. To be, and then it's like, nah, I'm just going to come in and demolish uh, your spirits and your souls. Because you get to catch them <laughs> unawares too, because they have no idea. They think about the same like five tropes about Canadians and that's it. They, yeah, exactly. They're thinking exactly. the same stuff from 40 years ago. Sugar Stammy, thank you so much for joining us today. I mean, we honestly, we could do this all day. It's always a pleasure. But before we do wrap it up, where can we find you online? Where can we get tickets for this tour? Where can we come see you in Toronto? All that good stuff. Well, uh, in Toronto at the uh, Metro Toronto Convention Center, tickets are at sugarsammy.com all over Canada. Uh, and, you know, on all socials, uh, you know, follow me. Four shows in Toronto uh, at the John Bassett Theatre at the Metro Convention Center. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be a lot of fun. Beautiful. There we go. Sugar Sammy, always a pleasure, man. Look forward to seeing you back here in Toronto. And of course, listeners at home, check out Sugar Sammy. Grab some tickets for to here in Toronto and wherever you're tuning in, all across Canada. He's coming home, baby. That is our show. That is Sugar Sammy. Don't forget, you can listen to us every Saturday night right here on 640. And you can stream all of our episodes right back to the dawn of time on Global News Online, which is good to remember because maybe we did get canceled today. I have no idea. But that is our show. <laughs> We will be back next week. Hi, this is Alicia Carusi, and you're listening to my aunt, Sandra Carusi's Comedy Rx. This week's prescribed dose of comedy is Sugar Sammy. Enjoy. Are you French also? Slovakia. Slovakia. Oh, okay, no fighting. So I have <laughs> <laughs> Say what? I'm with French. No, I love Slovakia. It's my favorite country in Russia. I was... <laughs> It's gonna happen, okay? So. <laughs> too soon! Too soon! I love when it's too soon. Ukraine's bad in Ukraine. You know it's going bad in your country when you're lining up to get into Poland. Like, you know. <laughs> oh, guys, it's gonna get worse. Just wait. People are like, oh my god. Look, she's talking about geography right now. <laughs> she is. She's like, well, there's Czechoslovakia, and then we went Czech Republic, and then Slovakia. Is that what you're explaining to her? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm listening now. She's like, no, I'm listening. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Relax. We're no longer a communist state here. <laughs> you are free now, Svetlana. <laughs>